0: last week we uh, we covered quite a bit of stuff but one one of the things I think where we kind of left it off we were uh, talking about a headship and uh, so I want to finish up that point and we'll move right through Um, we've got a lot of good stuff for you today yeah so it's
1: important that we understand what the Bible says What does the Word of God say about the about marriage Um, and and because God gets to decide how we're to live. And his design is the highest design. And, and one of the things that he did not do is he did not create marriage to be a power struggle that he created marriage so we could be a power couple. couple. I so know. I wanted to show this to you. Um, we're going to review a little bit from last weekend because um, John and I did our testimonies last weekend and then we tried to fit a lot of stuff in afterwards. And um, John said to me, uh, oh, hold on. I got How you. do you do this? Oh, okay. Um, so I tried to fit all this in last weekend, and John said, You know, maybe we should cover it next week. And I said, No, 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 no we can get this done. And of course, he was right. <laughs> so I told him, Yeah, you were right about that. He was really happy <laughs> when, I, when I said that. <laughs> I was right. I'm sorry. Could you speak into this recording?
0: Other way, okay. darling.
1: I got it. I got it. Okay. All right. We got it. All right. So I'm just going to review this really quickly, okay? I'm going to speed through it, okay? So everybody pay attention. All right. So you've got Adam and Eve, A and E, okay? You've got Adam and Eve. There they are in the garden having a great old time. Um, and the two of them um, being each other's helpmates. And there was a real oneness between God and between man and woman. And so you had the, man, the masculine identity of man, of God, and you had the feminine identity of God, both of them being the same, but yet different because they had different roles, right? We reviewed that. And so you got, after the curse, you had God, what he did is he changed the dynamic of the relationship between man and woman. And he said, man, you're going to rule over your wife. And woman, your desire will be for your husband. So, uh, to rule means to take dominion or control. And the woman, this word desire means to control through manipulation. So, basically, what you have going on is a power struggle between man and woman, okay? Okay. Um, And then after the cross, God came and he said, I have come to set you free, both male and female, both husband and wife, so now you can be free to fulfill my kingdom mandate. And so he again said, I'm going to tell you how you relate to one another so that you can expand and multiply because what he said here is, is this is all about taking dominion and multiplication because where the two have become one, when these two are in agreement, what happens is is there is incredible multiplication and you guys can set 10,000 to flight. So here he changed it and he said, there is a oneness again through covenant And there is a mutual service or a mutual submission that happens. And John's going to, we're going to talk about this a little bit more, but he told the woman to submit, to revere. And he told the husband, so he told the woman, I want you to do two things in relationship to your husband. And he said, he told the man, I want you to do four things in relationship to the woman or to your wife. I want you to honor her, submit love and you are the head and so it's like okay what does all of this mean because there's actually uh, the heart behind what god was saying is going to create a a relationship between man and woman that is so incredibly life-giving fun fruitful And multiply so that we can all not only enjoy our marriage, but then our marriage will actually become the nucleus or the seedbed for explosion for the kingdom to happen through us. And we'll be a power couple. Doesn't that sound great?
0: Power team. Okay, Okay. what did y'all
1: think about this? Oh, come on. All right. Thank
0: y'all. She spent quite a bit of time doing that. That was really good. Anyway, no, you really you. did. She spent a lot of time on that. Uh, so husbands, head of wife, Ephesians 5.23, it talks about the relationship between, between husbands and wives. And um, what does it mean to be the head? Jesus is the head of the, of the church. The man is the head of the wife. But basically, it's uh, servant leadership. It doesn't mean uh, that the woman is your property. I mean it could um, you know in some context you might have somebody well he's head of that and it's head of a lumber yard you know head of all that property but that's not what the lord's talking about here uh, the the man is the head of the of the wife in other words he's, um, he's it's, she's not property she's not um, his servant she's not his employee and a lot of times uh We as men want to want to have that. I mean, we want to we want to be absolute authoritarian control domination and um, It just don't work out very well like that Uh, as women you probably don't want to be controlled and dominated and property and don't listen to your opinions and um, I don't know how a couple I don't know how anyone would mistake the Lord's design for marriage as one where only one half of the body is functioning. Does that make sense? So you want both sides of the body, you want both functioning together, you want uh, t- that relationship to be one that's um, that's fully alive in God. And uh, I don't, I mean, from my own testimony, I will tell you that uh, when Tracy and I decide, we decide together. And uh, so we have the wisdom that we each bring uh, from the Lord, number one, and and from uh, our experience in doing life, so uh, we want to get that right. I believe that uh, I believe that we're you know a lot of people have that right. We we know many many people in our lives, Tracy and I, that have really strong, great marriages. But I want to. Um, sometimes it's just as simple as as uh, hearing the truth, and it and it will break the lie, or it break what we were told, or taught, or misrepresented throughout life. And it, and it absolutely brings the truth. And suddenly, in one, in one phrase, in one word, in one moment, it can fix what's been uh, the strife and struggle between a couple. Okay? And uh, so we talked about the spirit of the marriage. Yeah. It's not so much, all right, well, I have to submit, so and I'll be over here if you need me type deal. In other words, the spirit of the marriage is always for, for one another not against one another, and it's always moving forward, not butting heads. The spirit of the marriage. In other words, what are God's God's intentions for it? Mm -hmm. Does that help? Mm -hmm. So we're not looking at, um, you know, uh, unwillful obedience. Is God looking for slaves? I mean, is that the way he interacts with us? Is he saying, you know, do this or else? No, he actually gives us a free will where we can come um willfully and then he's won our hearts not just our obedience.
1: Yeah, that's good.
0: John. Is that fit? Yeah. So think about that, uh think of the context of the way we interact as as couples. It goes for the male and female alike as we um, as we move forward in this thing. Attributes of Christ toward his church. Christ is the head. It's the closest, marriage is the closest picture uh, to, the, um, to really what Christ was talking about when he said, I am the head of the church. But he, he holds us up, a Christian marriage, and he says, this is, this is close to the way I am with my body.
1: Yeah, and isn't it interesting that Paul didn't use the word, he used the word head, which actually means the physical head. He, but he but listen notice that he didn't use the word rule. He didn't say man will be ruler over his wife husband will be ruler you will rule over or dominate your wife. he said you'll be head just like, Christ is head of the church. So he associated it with the attributes, the nature, and the personality of how Christ is with his bride, which is he came to die for her, and he even said, he demonstrated um, at, the, uh, at the, um, the Last Supper, he said, I am demonstrating to you what this kind of headship or, or servant leadership I'm, I'm, I'm washing your feet. I am going to come up under you, and I'm going to serve you. And John and I have been talking a lot about this and just what it feels like. And I guess I'm going to get ahead of myself, which I don't want to do. But, but what it feels like to have someone who is ahead and has the revelation of, of, of what that means for a family. It's, it's like a covering for a woman. It's like he covers my heart so that and covers my my life so that I can fully fly. And I I love what Mike Bickle said one time. He said, "We are called to give each other wings and not weights." Because if we are weighting down our partner, then our partner is sinking. But in fact, God said very clearly to the man, I want you to honor her. And oh, by the way, if you return her back to me and she's got a scratch or a chip, I'm going to hold you responsible for her.
0: Well, it, you know, you said that the man is, uh, is the, uh, the stronger vessel. Yeah. And if you think about the, the stronger vessel... I mean, just because I may be stronger than Tracy, does that mean I need to hold her down or beat her up or, or you know, I'm the strongest so if we don't agree that I, you know, run her off? I mean, you know, that's, that's not, just because I, I'm stronger doesn't mean I'm going to dominate her or, or uh, you know, take it out on her physically. And I believe that that's a picture for us the other way as well. Um, just because I'm the head doesn't mean that I'm going to, you know, uh, exercise absolute reign and rule and absolute authority, uh, because that's not the picture Christ is doing with us. Christ okay. is actually um, giving us a broad birth. That while we were still sinners, He was there. While we were still sinners, He loved us. Um, and and we, I tell you what, um, it, I think there's a, a when you serve. A woman the right way when she feels safe and when she feels um, you know secure in your relationship and when you really will let your guard down and open up to her then she can be then she will uh, she will feel solid to go forward and be everything that God's called her to be and that's what I've noticed in my own life and that's that's what I've we've witnessed uh, with others but it's what the Word of God says basically yeah. is that that relationship so we wanted to clarify that we wanted to talk about it more yeah um don't don't um anyway you got, you got a word
1: yeah um i want to talk about submitting um and i want to tell this is what the lord tells women you know wives submit to your husband as to the lord therefore just as the church is subject to christ so let your wives be to their own husbands and everything Right before that is in verse 22 of chapter 5 of Ephesians. It says, submitting to one another in the fear of God. So you hear it quoted a lot, wives submit to your husbands, but they seem to leave out submitting to one another in the fear of God. And in the Greek, that is not broken down into a paragraph. That paragraph does not start in the Greek in verse 23. Okay? That That whole section is one letter that Paul wrote. And so we have to be very clear that he was talking about to, to all of them, both of them, hey, submit yourselves to one another. And then he speaks directly to the wives and says, wives, now submit yourself to uh to your husbands in the fear of the lord so there's a mutual uh, being subject to one another and and john and i have really found so much fruit from this and and saying hey what do you think about that and what is it to submit yourself and to subject yourself to another person that means that i love him so much that i am saying listen I want to make sure that I carry your heart well. And if there's and, and so your heart, your desires, the things that you care about, I care about for you and vice versa. So we just submit ourselves to one another. We don't do anything without checking with each other because we just want to make sure that we're still connected and we're still going in the same direction. Does that make sense?
0: No, absolutely. Uh, important matters, we... We talk about it. We pray about it. Um, if we don't agree, we don't move forward.
1: Yeah, and, and uh, right here in 1 Corinthians fifteen twenty-eight, it says, "Now when all things are made subject, it's the same word that he used to submit and to subject ourselves um, or to one another." Um, It says in 1 Corinthians 15, 28, Now when all things are made subject to him, then the Son himself will also be subject to him who puts all things under him that God may be all in all. You see, Christ is not beneath God. He is God, right? But he is also, when he came to the earth, he said, I have made myself subject to the Father even though... Both of us are God, okay? Then you've got the Holy Spirit. The Word says in 1 first, uh, first John 5, you know, these three are together as one. They're one. They're equal. They're the same, right? But they all three have different roles, right? And so Jesus is saying here, or Paul is saying, listen, Jesus made himself subject to him. So if each one of the Trinity have different roles, but are all God, husbands and wives are also called to be one. We are one, right? We are both image bearers of God. We are one, but each one of us have a different role. I have a different role. I don't try to take over his job. I'm too busy doing my job, being all like feminine and, and pretty and everything you know, and I don't want to be him, I don't want to be the one, I don't want to be the head, I'm very happy where I am, and let me tell you, and, but this is what, I love what um, Lisa Bevere said, she said, if, if men won't be boys, women won't be men, and so she made a really good point there when she was saying, listen, men, we need you to take over the role of headship. We love when you're in that role, but, but be a proper steward and have a proper understanding of what it means to be the head. Because when you do, the, this works really well. And if this isn't working well, you may want to take a look and do a deep dive into the scriptures and see what these words truly mean. Amen. Amen. Or of course, <laughs> come to the storehouse and and watch this series.
0: Oh, you're talking to online people.
1: I am. I plugged okay. us.
0: I saw that. Okay. What else we want to talk about? Okay. Uh, okay. Then.
1: So let's let's move on. Oh my, it's my turn. Sorry. Oh. I'm gonna okay. jump in here. Understanding. Okay. So here's what we want to talk about next. So we've covered the biblical Wait, stuff. This is I'm how it works the at leader. home. <laughs>
0: I believe it's my turn. Go ahead.
1: I love you. He has four daughters. You guys need to pray for him because they're all just like me. Loud, loud, loud. (laughs) All right. So what we want to talk about next is we want to talk about understanding and meeting your spouse's needs. Now, there are certain needs in your life that no human being can meet. Which is really only the things that the Lord can meet. So you cannot look for these things from your spouse, which is your identity, your acceptance, and your purpose. These things come from heaven. Yeah. Okay, so only God can give you those things. And if you are if you are lacking in these things or feel um, like your tank is low, trust me, you are not going to be very attractive. When our tanks get low, this gets harder. When we aren't spending so enough time with the Lord, we lose our patience with each other and people around us. Have you noticed that? Like, oh, I gotta get in prayer. I just think I tore that woman's head off. <laughs> they, I love what somebody said once: when they squeeze you what, like orange, juice, like you squeeze an orange, orange comes, orange juice comes out. When you squeeze a Christian, love better come out. <laughs> Not that other stuff. <laughs> Okay, these are the things that only God can meet and only be satisfied with the relationship with Jesus Christ. However, there are needs in your life that your spouse can meet, and these are legitimate needs that you and your spouse or your spouse has uh, that he, can, he or she can help you with. It's a bond of intimacy that God created so that we would be an impenetrable force of authority in the earth. I wrote that.
0: I like that. Let's say that again, impenetrable Force Force of authority authority in the the earth. earth.
1: Take dominion. (laughs) All right, John and I, here's the thing. John and I are very strong uh, personalities, as most of you know. You know, a lot of times you'll have a really strong woman or you'll have a really strong man, but John and I are both really strong people. You know, we're high social, high driver. We get a lot done in a day. Ah! You know, we're taking them out and we'll sleep when we die, that kind of attitude, right? So... um, And so we do have conflict, Um, but we've learned through the years to value our differences, which makes the conflict easier to resolve. So John is a pastor teacher. I am an apostle prophet. That's that's the offices that I flow in. Those are my top primary. He's a pastor teacher, so he's like earth, earth, earth. I'm like win, win, win. You know heaven. What is heaven doing? So so it took us a while because our 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 lenses. You know, we would have conflict, and and I would want to resolve our, our conflict with thus of the Lord, and he would want to resolve our conflict with a teaching moment. <laughs>
0: That's, true. That's uh-huh. true. Not much you can say when thus saith the Lord starts.
1: <laughs> the
0: Lord said, Yes, yeah, so what do you say to, to that?
1: changed kind of a lot of the ways that we saw each other because we were just doing this and and that wasn't working very well so we decided to uh, do something different
0: yeah like um use one another's strengths to advance Mm -hmm. the ball
1: yeah it's like oh wait a minute he just sees things from a different perspective and that perspective can actually help me to grow and help me to resolve whatever it is whatever this conflict is and then my perspective can also add value, and so we found that, wait, instead of saying, no, you're wrong, maybe we ought to say, wait a minute, maybe I need to really consider this gift that the Lord gave me and begin to say, okay, this could really add value to our relationship and to this issue that's before us.
0: It took me a while because um, when Tracy and I, you know, we had no grid for the Holy Spirit telling you everything, and so, uh, you know. I tell Tracy, you know, hey, this is coming up and all that. She said, I had a dream about that two years ago on Saturday <laughs> night. Um, get the dream book. Get the dream book. And I'm like, what did you just say? I mean, seriously, she would do it. And, and sure, she pulled that dream out. See, that's what that says. So the color blue meant all that, huh? Hmm, wow. No, she literally, she would go pull that. No, I know that's what it's talking about. And then I began to trust the prophetic gift as I saw thing after thing. You know, the Lord was teaching me too at the time because I didn't know I was prophetic. I didn't even know I could, you know, make reasonable, you know, arguments with the prophetic. Yeah. And, uh, but what happened is when, when you have two like us, when you have one whose head is in heaven, like literally spends, you know, time main gift hearing from heaven. Are you all with me when I use terms like that? So she's, she's, I mean, whatever it is, the answer's always going to be, you know, what's the Lord saying? Which really stopped me for a minute. It's like, okay, wait, I don't know. I haven't asked him. That seems like a good idea. Let's go do it. <laughs> so it's good. It really it kind of resets your clock a little bit. And so, oh, well, I guess we need to pray about that, you know. And then um, when, when she's heard from heaven, she's ready. Like the minute she hears from heaven... It's like, is the car running? I mean, let's go now. Right? Really? And see, I'm, ch- I'm chewing on the earthly pastoral teacher experiences. And he chews, and
1: he chews, and he chews. Look how like those cows this weekend. Yeah. It's like,
0: but it, are, are we done but yet? it's taking me longer to come than she would do because she would just bam, 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 bam. But, uh, you know, as the two of us together we make better decisions because we're like, she's like, oh, i got that dream. And I'm like, uh, you know what? That's, this happened to a friend of mine. Let me give him a call. Let's get some counsel on that deal. And so we work together to advance. Yeah,
1: so we, we and this, guys, this time didn't come easy, but I learned to trust John's no, and he learned to trust my yes. So I'm, you know, got one speed, 150 miles an hour, and he's, like, braking. And so we knew that there was something that the Lord was doing because, okay, everybody that knows this says, yep, that's right. But but it works because I have learned I will get out. I'm like, um, um, shoot, ready, aim. And he is, you know, we need to stop and just think about this, pray about this, sit on this, da 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 And, and so we've learned that through the years, t- we found our rhythm where now it's like, okay, this, this is working, this is working. So for new couples, I will tell you, this doesn't come without some real practice. You know, you've got to find that thing that works for you, just like we found the thing, but it's there. Your thing is there.
0: Here's the thing is... <laughs> If you spend all of your energy on the conflict and pushing and pulling, you're wasting all of your time that you could be spending that energy on the problem or on the opportunity, I should say. And so, uh, again, it's, it's so important to get this down where, where we're not against each other, we're we're not the same as one another, but where the two together... When the two came together, when we said, I do, we came together as one. And once you do that, you've harnessed double brain here. You've har- harnessed double heaven. You've harnessed uh, a stronger force. And the Lord told us about that, about 10,000 uh, setting, um, you know, setting 10,000 to flight versus setting two or more. You know? In other words, the two together can do a lot more than one individual. I'm up. Okay, so let's get into three problems that happen while meeting each other's needs. Um, we've, we, uh, as human beings, we can sometimes um, face rejection in our lives. Almost everyone has some story of rejection. Uh, so let's talk about that for a minute. Uh, rejection of the opposite sex is not a good thing. Uh, the differences between us, actually, we should embrace, not reject. So if I'm trying to, um, to please my wife by being exactly like her, it's not going to work. I'm not, I'm not cut out for that. That's not who I am. It's, I don't even get that at yeah, all. we're
1: supposed to complement one another.
0: So, so uh, how do we do that? We complement one another, not oppose. We uh, don't try to get a man's mind into a female's body. Tracy told me one time. She said these these uh, what are the the As the World Turned dudes? You know <laughs> these dudes. I guess they don't have jobs because they have they're on that TV show. They've been on that show for like 25 years or something. and, well, and this guy's like, oh honey, I understand. Like they how never they leave the feel, house.
1: And they and talk all the time. They just sit around and talk all the time. Isn't that like the perfect man? They're
0: like, wi- they're like women in a man's body. I know. I said to my good daughter. good body, too. I mean, I said, the, the women love these guys. It's nuts.
1: I was like, John, we've been married for 20 years, and you're still
0: not a woman. But we, we got to see that, that we, you know, we have differences, and uh, we want to lean into that. So the two together, though, make one bigger and better and you know, more complete pictures does that help don't try to conform tracy into believing and acting like a man i mean she's not going to be like that um women are you know they've got all this stuff going it looks like you know spaghetti in there there's just (laughs) stuff going everywhere and here i am i'm i'm thinking about one thing you know yeah (laughs) how to grill that steak without burning it you know what i mean Seriously. Yeah, so when you
1: say to your man, what are you thinking? And he says nothing, he really means nothing.
0: <laughs> and she's got all this stuff going on. So we're just different. Yeah. And and there are many differences. But, uh, you know, it's 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 good to, when the two come together, one, you get to benefit by the difference. Yeah. Um, let's see, you want to go down?
1: The second one of, of a problem that happens in meeting the other's needs.
0: Okay, so um, men's... Primary. All right, you guys already know this. Men's primary need is sex. I mean, let's just say it like it is. You know, as long as we get that, it's like everything's good. You know, you wrecked my car, but I mean, now we're good. I mean, that was that was it. Now, seriously, that is men are just like that. You know. Um, right. Thank you. I understood that, women. You don't know what we're doing there, but anyways. Uh, so that's that's good. Women's primary need is for affection and men are in touch with their emotions through sex and women are in touch with sex through their emotions. Mm-hmm. Somebody ought to get that down, I'm telling you. Take some notes on that. I like that. Tracy actually wrote that. I love it. Did you write that or did you find it on Google? No? <laughs> now I try not to Google sex. <laughs> And That's wisdom. The Lord called her wisdom for a reason. Men are in touch with emotions through sex, and women are in touch with sex through emotions. I love it. Um, when we try to translate their need into language, it results language. into the other person's language. It results in rejection. Um, so, so here's what I'm saying, guys. It's what you do all day that determines um, the willing wife, if you will. In other words, how bad would it be if your wife gave you sex because of obligation? Whoops, obligation, yep, you're right. I know you got that earmarked in your Bible. You always leave that little page divider right there, you know. It says, don't withhold sex, you know. That's terrible. I mean, you want to do the spirit of the marriage, which is to treat a person in such a way that they're just like, oh, I just love you so much. I mean, and uh, so anyway, that's, that's, that's the lesson on that. Uh, selfishness, I want to take that one. Selfishness is exactly what it sounds like. It's all about me. Uh, how about you? Well, how does that make me feel about you? I mean, it's, everything ties back, and, and it, um, selfishness can be unlearned it can be overcome it can be undone mm-hmm. but sometimes uh, people are even taught selfishness you know hey man don't you let any man treat you like I mean you are a woman you can do everything or or the same for a man it's like the, you know don't trust anybody don't do anything it's all about you take everything you can get out of this world i mean there are actually uh, there are those instructions given father to son
1: yeah
0: and i've i've uh, employed many many people over the years and i can tell you that you can tell a guy's world, blue, world view after working with him for a little while, you know, if, this is, if you have the selfishness. Selfishness is all about me. Yeah, won't, so, won't so won't how do you know if
1: you're selfish?
0: Uh, well, if you know, um, you're, gonna, you're asking for a specific answer, aren't you? Yeah. Um, as long as I'm okay, it's okay. Is selfishness. Yeah. There's no regard for the other person. I don't think about how it's going to make another person feel or anything. But literally, as long as I feel good about it, or, you know, then yeah. I'm, I'm selfish. Um, it's my way or the highway mm-hmm. is selfishness. That's like, all right, I'm exercising my authority. I'm bigger than you, and we're going to do it my way. Mm-hmm. I mean, where is the life in that? And yeah. that's what we're trying to get away from is. If that's been misrepresented, we need to get that right. So it's, it forces us as men to work on that, to, you know, think about the other person, to, to collaborate mm-hmm. uh with the answers instead of directly going to the default button, I'm in charge.
1: Yeah. And, and another one is you resent being told what your spouse's needs are. And then the fourth one is um, you're insensitive and uncaring about the state of your spouse. You know, sometimes when John and I have an impasse, I mean, it really hurts him, you know. And so it's like caring about that is really important. If you don't care about that, then that could mean that you're suffering from some selfishness and you really need to take a look at it.
0: Well, and like I said, once you see it, you know, um, it's not lovely. I mean, it doesn't help you. It doesn't advance your marriage at all. It's actually uh, selflessness is what Jesus said. really exhibited when he was willing to give everything for us mm-hmm. and he's our picture on the earth he was the god man that we uh, measure our lives against so we want to we want to give to others we want to be selfless or you know when i'm not saying never take your turn and you're just gonna you know be the martyr every day i mean not that but have a good um be aware and and have a uh really a fairness about, you know, taking care of one another.
1: Right, and I love this saying, happy wife, happy life. You know, it's very true, happy husband, happy life. It's the same. And so you have to keep that in mind. I mean, what's the struggle here? Whether you agree with it or you don't agree with what she or he is is carrying or, or suffering, whether you agree with it, it doesn't matter. Her feelings or his feelings are real. They are real for them. And so it's like God gave you to one another and knew that you were capable and you have everything within every gift that you need to be the answer or the solution to their problem.
0: I know, guys. I know what you're thinking. You're like, we have to figure out what they're thinking and make (laughs) sure they're happy and all that. All they've got to do is give us sex. It's not fair. I know. It's really not fair, is it? Sometimes you're like, you were thinking, what? (laughs) But, um, hey, I didn't set it Uh, up, and God knows what he's doing. All right, but the
1: other part of that, ladies, is your husband does not want to have a deep emotional discussion at 10 p.m., okay? I mean, his eyeballs are rolling back in his head, and he's like, I have no more emotional energy. They barely have that emotional energy in the morning. Take advantage of it when they're rested or whatever, and plan those discussions and those deep conversations at oh, the right time. We already talked
0: about that. Men have a lot less words than women do. Seriously, in a day's <laughs> time. Um, women talk, I don't know, at least two-thirds. Some of them talk three-fourths or even <laughs> seven-eighths. <laughs> but men run out of words about Why about their let there 6:30. be empty space?
1: Right, ladies? It's like, wait, there's a pause.
0: About the time he, I have
1: something to say.
0: About the time he sits down at the dinner table, he's pretty much out of words for the day. So. <laughs> Anyways, we're funny. We're different. That's really yeah. just we're making light of it, but we're different. And, yeah, uh, so okay. I'm going to do the
1: four major needs. Go for it. All right, there are four major needs that a man Has, and ladies, this is how to meet them. The Bible says that we are to revere our husbands. That word is very clear. He said revere them or respect them. Ladies, let me tell you what this word means. Now, I tried every way I could find to figure out what this word means, but this word means that there should be a, a fearful respect for your husband, a fearful respect. Like we fear the Lord. Pin drop. What that means is that you, that is a, God is putting an exclamation point on how to carry this, your husband's heart. And he is saying, you better not take this man for granted how i made him who i made him to be and what i've called him to do and you better get about submitting and subjecting yourself and serving this man and making sure that he's okay you know it's like are you and for me you know it's just like i know how john is made you know how your husbands are made and if you don't know how he's made or you're a new new newlyweds The beauty of marriage is you get to discover them. They are unique and wonderful. They are a wonderful creation of Christ. They are image bearers of God, and it is your privilege to discover the mysteries of who they are. And then once you know, you know the keys to help them succeed, to help them prosper, to help them um, Advance, you know, and so it's like, how can I serve you? Well, what happens if he's like not talking to you or things aren't well or things aren't good? Listen to me, ladies. God didn't say, I want you to respect your husband <clears throat> if you feel like it or if he's the perfect husband. He said, I want you to respect him. To revere him with a fear, whether you feel like it or not. And you do it with that fearful understanding that this is God's son. And that you have been given the privilege and connected to him in covenant to keep him and to help him do life. Now, let's say I'm having an emotion or we're having a fight or things aren't going well. That doesn't matter. You have to set your emotions aside and grab hold of the word of God because I'll tell you, the enemy comes in to test us in the places where it gets hard to do the word. But if you will submit yourself to the word of God, then it'll make it easier to revere your husband in those moments because it's like, this is what the word said, and I'm going to fulfill the word with joy and love, and I am not going to let the enemy steal this opportunity that I revere my husband and respect him in the gates of the city, in my home, among my friends, however it is with my children. I know some women, and I really caution you about this, that will throw their husbands under the bus to their children, or to their mother-in-laws, or to whoever. It's like, Guard your tongue. Guard your tongue. Yeah. So the, every man has a need to feel respect, significance, and esteem. Men gravitate to the place where they get the most respect, and they will be repelled from the place where they are disrespected. So here, ladies, here's how you give your husband respect. Uh, number one, you allow him to fail, sharing your feelings lovingly and praying for him. I'll tell you what, if you'll pray you have to say a lot less. If you will be his intercessor, his rear guard, I'm telling you, you will have to say a lot less, and it covers him. Love covers a multitude of sin. Love covers a multitude of failure, and you see him fall, you're right there going, come on, baby, let's dust it off. You are my hero, and I know that together we can do this.
0: Yeah, gentlemen, I mean, I can tell you in being married to Tracy, I covered her prayers, and not just hers, but... Um, you know, the prayer team or the, the people that pray for me. But, um, you know, having that covering is probably it pr- it's probably a lot like uh, the covering that you feel safe, women, like, you know, when your man's got, you know, your heart and he's watching over you and he's taking care of you and, and you, you feel secure in that. But having uh, Tracy's prayers as I go out every day, as I go into the marketplace, as I go into the places I go... Um, I mean, I I have to have that. I mean, uh, I know that she's praying for me. I know that she's for me. I know that she's, even though she's not there, she's there. And um, it's it's just a beautiful thing, I mean, to have that, you know, someone that loves you like that where you will, um, where they're literally, uh, you know, lifting you up to the Lord while you're out doing your thing.
1: The second is to comfort and love when necessary or confront in love when necessary. Sometimes if um, they're off, you know, they can't see. They've got blind spots. We all have blind spots. Guess what? People, God gave you a spouse because you have blind spots. Mm-hmm. And, and so com- confronting in love is the way to say, hey, you may want to look at this because this is not helping our connection. We're not, when you do this. It makes me feel this way. But be able to communicate in a clear way where you're not condemning, but you are confronting. And then trust God for the results. And then pray. Don't continue to con- don't continue to say the same thing 50 different ways over 50 days. Ladies, communicate it and then just pray. And you have to trust the Lord. The, th- the third thing is to honor him or or, or to speak to him where you where god says he he is supposed to be god has a destiny and a calling on our husbands lives don't be captain obvious okay don't sit there and speak well you're not providing enough or you're not this or you're not that or don't don't ever 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 tell a husband everything he's not if you want to take a hammer and hit your or shoot him in the face Tell him everything that he's not. Because a man was designed by God to be a hero. He was designed to be the the knight in shining armor. That's who he was created to be. And so, ladies, for us, what we want to do is we want to prophesy who God's created him to be, which is a 10. God created him to win. God created him to be that knight in shining armor. And even though he may be a 4, you prophesy that. This is who you are. This is who God's created you to be. And you don't have to be all spiritual about it. You just talk to him all the time and just tell him, I'm so proud of you. I love who you are. I love that you're X, Y, and Z. Well, what if they're not X, Y, and Z? It doesn't matter because your words will create that in him. All right, number four, cover his faults and reflect his strengths. The devil is the accuser of the brethren and constantly finding fault. God is an encourager, and he knows He knows. How to focus on life, purpose, and goodwill. And these things will draw out the very best. Criticism kills, but respect elevates. And so what the enemy does, when we have a conflict, the enemy will come in. How many ladies have you heard the enemy? And he'll give you a laundry list of everything that's wrong with your husband. <laughs> and you're like, mm-hmm, that's right. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's that. Oh, oh yeah, he lacks and all of that. Oh, wait. Yeah, he did that. Wait, he did all of those things. Wait, let's pull out everything that he's done from the past 10 years and let's just review all of that, shall we? But the truth is, is that God has a list too. And we've got to have the wisdom to say, wait a minute. I am not going to listen to your list. I'm going to go over here and I'm going to start out of my mouth proclaiming the list of everything that he is, not everything that he isn't. And I'll tell you, the minute that I switch over into everything that he is, like this little cartoon, that list goes poof, and it just disappears. The minute it comes out of my mouth, everything that my husband is. Okay. Yeah,
0: it's interesting. We had a, even a situation yesterday where we had a, a couple, and um, anyway, he was sharing some things with us, and it, it was interesting that... The things he was sharing that she was not uh-huh. were like, are you serious? Yeah. I mean, just immediately we know them, so we had a long list of, of who she is. But, you know, it's 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 that default. It's like everything was great. You went to work. You had a, you know, you got a raise today, you know. You won the lottery. Everything worked out all day long, and then somebody cut you off in traffic. How was your day today, honey? Oh, this guy cut me off in traffic, man. It was terrible. You know? So again, we're pick that one little thing and you can always find it. Yeah, Men or, or it women. could be
1: a lot more. I'll tell you what, we each I have a really long list of everything that I'm that is wrong with me. I mean a really long list. And so does John. You do? Where do you keep it, huh? No, I don't really. <laughs> it's up here. Did yeah, I know. I, I never gave did that. Did I to call you. you that list? No, never. Never, yeah. because
0: we don't we don't want to do that. We don't want to sit and call out people's one another's faults. No, it
1: doesn't mean that I don't say, hey, that right there that you did, mm-mm, don't do that anymore, because well, that hurt my heart. This is how that made me feel. It really hurt my heart. And ladies, if we'll talk a little bit more from the heart and not so much from the head. What happens is we stay connected. And I'll tell you what, husbands don't really care about your head. They care about your heart. And I don't really care about his head. We also don't
0: understand a lot of times. You have to be very clear what you're saying with us. Mm -hmm. You know, what do you mean? You didn't figure that out. What do you think I was doing? I I was leaning on the wall. I mean, you know what that means, right? (laughs) Well, last time. Oh, yeah, you
1: know what that means. Last
0: time I did, but I. But this has changed this time. Yeah,
1: yeah. All right. The second need, uh, okay, where am I? Okay. Okay. To respect him. The second is sex. Again, men give affection to get sex. That's
0: actually first, but go ahead
1: right men give affection to get sex women give sex to get affection there's a tremendous power in needs met and unmet unmet needs are a powerful tool for the devil and he uses those needs to get a foothold in a man a woman's life um so i want to talk to you ladies men are visually stimulated and so men want their wives to be naked they really want women it's very interesting men when it comes to nudity are very modest, but women are very modest and it's actually the opposite when it comes to talking and to verbalizing all of the deep things in our heart, women are very immodest and men are very modest. And so it's interesting how the Lord made us. You know, I could—I mean, I could just sit around and talk all night about my feelings, and I also remember everything about the day that we met, and what I was wearing, and what he said, and—and and I'll say things like, "Don't you remember?" Blah blah blah, and he's like,
0: <laughs> "Yes, honey, that's remember that one place where you—you you, you know where?" It, yeah, so then we about. play this game. But that's anyway. what you do, guys. And they're like, so, "Yes, I do remember so every w- detail of that."
1: <laughs> I want to encourage you, ladies, to keep yourself. To, to really continue to care about the, the way that we present ourselves, even like when we were dating. You know, when we were dating or, you know, single, you know, it's like we put forth that extra effort. We'll keep that effort up, you know, and so we can still be, um, you know, feel okay about being completely naked. So but I'll no tell you about women being sweats. naked. No, here's, no, yeah, the whole thing about the sweats. I mean, <laughs> girls, don't wear those sweats to bed all the time. I mean... Ever. Ever. (laughs) (laughs) This is... I had a girl tell me this one time, and I have used this, and this is really... Listen, I love him, and and, and half of our lives are spent sleeping. I don't want my husband to go to bed at night, and I'm wearing his old painted T-shirt... that I paint in, his T-shirt, from college or whatever, you know? And so it's like... I dress up during the day, why wouldn't I give some sort of thought or consideration to what I wear in bed at night? I mean, it's John. I want him to be so blessed. Right? Right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, please. Anyway, all of that to say, ladies, your husband wants to, they want to see your bodies because they, 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 they are men of the eyes. Um, The third thing is kindred fellowship. Men need to open up more when they're doing something. Ladies, seriously, you want to sit around and talk about your feelings? Um, Men, first of all, they love to talk about feelings. They love to talk about things, but they are problem solvers. You know, they're hunters. You know, we're gatherers, and they like to go do stuff when they're talking and playing. So men are so playful. How many of you guys would say that's true? Like you love to play with your wives. Let's go do something fun. Let's find that common thing that we enjoy with one another because we did it when we were dating, and you fall in love over doing stuff. Go to the museums and, the, you know, the movies. Of course, you can't really see much anymore. But, um, but, yeah, you go to dinner. You go do fun things and have it life adventurous together. And in that, we'll talk. We'll talk about those deep things. And I'm telling you, if his legs are moving, he talks a lot more. You know, if he's doing something or we're working out in the yard together or we're doing stuff together, he's just Mr. Chatty. But if you sit around and you're like, okay, let's sit here on the couch and let's just have some time alone and let's talk. I really want to have this deep conversation. And it doesn't mean that there's not places for that. There is. But overall, do fun stuff together. And you'll find that you have to have some of those other conversations a lot less. Is that good? Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You're on it. Okay. We'd like to, uh, like I said, we've talk, talked a lot about that. We've had a lot of fun, Tracy and I. We still do. We go do things all the time, and we enjoyed it. But it doesn't, I just want to say, it doesn't take a, a lot of money to do this. Sometimes you're broke, and you're just broke. That's it. So, But you can go to a park, or you can throw the Frisbee, you know, just find some smaller kid, take it away from him. Yeah. That You, uh, <laughs> you can do... Uh, almost anything sneak in on a neighbor's pond you know anybody can afford a little cheap you Oh know, no there used was this fishing one pole. time
1: tell them about the one time we did the wedding crashing we crashed oh. a wedding <laughs> <laughs> cuz we didn't have any money and we wanted to go out so we crashed this wedding
0: Tell you tell about that I don't remember that Yeah I don't <laughs> I really don't remember that one
1: Okay Where anyway was it? Oh, I don't remember. Well, I don't know the people.
0: I know but I don't even remember doing that.
1: Okay, all right. Anyway, um okay, we're going to do one more thing and okay, don't we'll edit drink. that we'll you edit that out. Um so the the fourth and last thing and then we'll we'll go ahead and break there, but the fourth and last thing that men that are a basic need for your husband is domestic support. Um a man needs his wife to create, take a house and create a home. Yeah. They really appreciate that we do that, you know, and it doesn't need to be really expensive. But like John was saying, when he was single and we got married, you know, he was eating cereal every night. And, and I came along and all of a sudden, you know, there were candles and flowers and things matched, you know, like um, he had soft sheets. And, and so he just so valued that. I still do.
0: I, I, I love um, just the way she keeps the house. She's, yeah. you know, it's a high value for both of us to have things orderly. And so, uh, I can tell you, ladies, I can tell you, going off to work from a well, you know, well organized home is there's mm-hmm. a difference for me anyway. I don't know if it's all men are like this, but, but uh, I can tell you, if my home's in order, I just feel different when I go go off to work. You know, mm-hmm. kind of like washing your car. It's like oh. It's pretty good, you know, and um, all day long, I just feel differently than if it's a mess, you know, and uh, so anyway, that's a high value, Tracy always taught our daughters that, so like, you keep your house, because it's important, you know. Yeah,
1: I told my girls, I said, you know why hippies are poor, because their houses are a disaster, and the husband comes home, and it's so cluttered, they can't think or process. A man needs a place to be able to have order in his home so that his brain can process and strategize and think in a broad way. When we provide that for them, then it helps them to do the thing that God commanded, which is to be the provider, you know, and we want to, we want him to be able to have a home where he can relax and do that. Um, Now, if both spouses work, the husband should take equal responsibilities with the household chores and to support and help his wife. Now, it's wrong for a husband to come home, and she's been working all day as well, and just kind of put his feet up and, and say, okay, you do everything from the children to the chores to ever cleaning the house. I mean, that's just, it, and and most of us work both work these days, so I think that's yeah, pretty I self-explanatory. Think
0: I think it's important to note, too, is um, I'm not saying that everyone in here has to, you know, clean a dish or, you know, has to cook the food or whatever. If you're not good at that, but um, I would, I would say that anybody can cook, basically. Yeah. You, you know, you heat it up. I mean, if you're not a good cook, you can go find something that's cooked and heat it up. But uh, yeah, if, if uh, you you talk to each other about that. But for uh, for me, maybe I'm out. Um, I may be. Uh, doing the bills, or taking care of that, or, or, you know, cutting the grass or stuff. We don't. We don't nowadays because of our schedule. We don't cut our own grass, but we used to. And um, he'll clean the pool so and do, do take out the trash. And
1: so we kind of divide it up so it's fair, you know, the things that I, I'll do, he'll, he won't do or whatever. And so we're just both happy. You'll find that happy place where it just works. Yeah. And, um, and so I hate doing the dishes. And I'm telling you, my, my love language is acts of service. And this man does the dishes. And well, it's we like, don't,
0: uh, one thing about my love it tank house, goes, we don't, uh, we don't sit and have that discussion. It's like, no, no. Uh, Yesterday, remember, uh, that was my fourth time to do that, and you didn't clear the table the fifth time. We don't do that at all. This is a really good point.
1: We don't keep
0: score on that. It's just if if there are dishes there, one of us picks them up. Yeah, don't
1: keep score. Don't keep uh -uh. score. You don't want to do that, especially young married couples with kids. It's like, well, I changed that baby three times, and I, you know, I mean, we see these couples that do that, and they'll keep score. Like, there's a running ledger all the time.
0: Because you and, always feel like you're being cheated if you do that. You're letting the enemy in on that. If yeah. you see something needs to be done, pick it up and do it. And yeah. if you see the other person's busy, help them out, you know. It's, a, it's again, the spirit of the me- yeah. marriage, not the kind of the demands or the laws.
1: Yeah, I always find that the more I serve him, the more I get served. It's weird. It's, it's reciprocal. And you think, well, they're selfish and they don't care. I'm telling you, love and acts of service will begin to melt their hearts, and they will begin to come alive.
0: Yeah. Uh, the other way that, you know, kind of get your mate to, to, you know, do it, if they're not quite getting it, is nagging. <laughs> if you nag all the time.
1: no no, that doesn't work either nagging
0: makes you not want to do it even if you do the work it's like ah. but here's the
1: yeah and here's something that's really important is that women and men um, is to be really honest about the things that you say and the things that you do if you say something then you do what you say if you've made a promise to your wife or to your husband be ethical and follow through with that to the best of your ability, there may be altering circumstances, but I'm telling you, being able to trust your mate and being that they are faithful to follow through and do what they say they're going to do, it's really important. It's a it 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 hurts you when they said they're going to do it and then they don't do it. You you really are disappointed, and you then you don't want to have to go back to them and say, oh hey, you said whatever. So yeah. it's really important that we do that and and we be you know, Christian to one another in that.
0: Yeah, I agree. Trust is a big thing anyway. Like uh, men, um, you know, part of that headship is to be, I mean, to set your family up on the values that are important. Yeah. And, if, you know, let's think about it. Maybe, let's just say you get married and all that. Maybe one family was not all that honest. Like maybe they, you know, what was demonstrated you know, we come from all different kinds of lives. And, you know, maybe you, uh, a father in the house or something, he cheated or he, you know, he would uh, steal or uh, you know, not, not do this or that. I mean, it happens, right? Somebody does it. You know, somebody's dad. So my point is um, it's real important um, to really to speak those things out and decide who you're going to be as the head uh, of, the, of the household and you all together decide what your marriage is going to mean and then you can both uh, keep, it, keep it going, right? You yeah. can keep uh, that standard applied. But if she, can't, if she sees me do dishonest and, and she has no respect for that, that's a, that's a real respect killer yeah. for the relationship. Does that make sense? Always do the right thing and decide what that's going to be up front so that it's not situational. Back yeah,
1: um, that's really okay. You should say that again. Decide who you're gonna be up front. Yeah,
0: it's a lot. E- it's a lot easier to uh, once you kind of decide who you know what that's gonna be, and you live that way, then you have a history in that. And then when you find the bag full of money, you don't run, you know, with it. It's it's like you stop everything and give it to a it. blockster. But uh, you you don't want to wait to make a decision about what you'll do, you know, when you're when you're tempted. Let's say that again. There have to be some absolutes. I will not cheat on my wife no matter what, you know. Yeah. And uh, you yeah. have to have some absolutes in your life. I will not steal. I, I will, will not, not do this.
1: Use the word divorce.
0: No, we don't use the D word.
1: Absolutes. Uh, you know, we may be struggling, but that doesn't mean that God made a mistake or that we made mistakes. It just means that you've hit a wall.
0: Another one fighting fair. <laughs> Um, not make up this story when you know you're wrong. I mean, it would be better if you would have been right. Darn it. But you have to be fair about it. If you're wrong, you just have to own it, you know? Yeah. It's like, hey, I'm wrong about that. And I don't want to be wrong. And I really hate to say this, but I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? Because I am wrong about
1: that. Yeah, first one to the cross wins in a marriage, guys. True. It's so true. And that's pretty much in life. But... But in closing, um, John and I just want to tell you that, um, you know, there is so much hope that God, God's word gives us the blueprint to have a really successful life-giving marriage um after we're finished with this series there's going to be an opportunity for um a lot of young couples to sign up for marriage counseling and and just get some one-on-one because a lot of times there are um ungodly beliefs that come from our parents and our grandparents that have been passed down you know things that we think about how a marriage is supposed to go that don't really work and so it's like okay i need to learn how to do this better um, because what I'm doing isn't working. And John and I have gone through so much deliverance. <laughs> you know, it's so weird. You know you get delivered and you think you're good. And then you run into another thing and you're like, oh, look what's there. There's another place there that we need to take care of. But the, but the Lord is good, and that's why he puts you with a mate to get rid of some stuff that you got on the inside.
0: Okay. Okay. Uh, so, we're going to get an opportunity to um, to pray about those things. And, yeah. and we're going to talk about said. women
1: next time. Okay? Does that sound good? Yeah. Women.
0: Okay. I get to say that. Okay. Well, let's uh, close in prayer. Um, Lord, we thank you for these yes. beautiful couples. And, Lord, we even right now we pray for those who desire a mate and are still waiting for the right one. And so, Lord, I just pray that you would release the mates. Prepare them first. Yeah. Prepare them and send them now. Yeah. Um, Lord, in Jesus' name,
1: amen. Amen.